women should be happy with with the bodies that they were blessed with. Mm-hmm. I agree. A hairstyle, a face full of makeup, breasts and a backside, those things don't define a woman. They're just features of a woman's exterior. Mm-hmm. What really defines a woman is who she is and what goes on in, in her mind. If she's a very brilliant-minded woman, she is very attractive. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Michael Theo, otherwise known as Mr. A+. I'm starting this podcast because I want to entertain people and bring love and light into people's lives as well. Rules for the podcast include no controversial topics such as politics, religion, past wars, weaponry, and drugs. And most importantly, it has a strict no-COVID-talk policy. Writer, comedian, and host of the popular Just the Gist podcast, Rosie Waterland has made a successful career out of seeing the funny side of difficult times. In today's episode, Rosie and I spoke about dating, sexuality preference, and advice for women looking to feel comfortable in their own skin. Today's conversation with Rosie Waterland was an absolute pleasure to do today. I really enjoyed it, every moment of it. And I also have hopes that today's episode will encourage people to feel more comfortable about their their sexuality and talking to people about their past traumas without fear of being judged. Because after all, I don't even see what's there to judge the victim about. It's just things beyond their control sometimes. I do hope that this, that today's episode will encourage people to feel more comfortable with more things about themselves. But in the meantime, I wish each and every one of you the best of luck with whatever you do in life. Ah, uh, hello. Hello, Rosie. It's so nice to meet you. And it's nice to meet you as well. I'm pumped. You know, um, my sisters, they're huge fans of yours. Huge. Thank you. And I've met like quite a few famous people over the years through my job and they're never really that impressed. But when I told them I was doing this podcast, they could not stop screaming. They were so excited. So they say hello. Good Ser- screams. Seriously? Good screams. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <Wow. laughs> so they say hello. Hello to them. I think it's the first time my 19-year-old niece has been impressed that I'm meeting you. Wow. Big fan. <laughs> How's your day going? Yeah, good. It's um, it's a pretty gloomy, rainy day here in Melbourne. It's very Melbourne weather. Just a relaxed Sunday. How about you? My day's been going well. Mostly very sunny here in Wollongong. Also had breakfast with a friend, but that's been about it. Pretty chill day then. Yeah, I would say that it is. Yeah. Uh, Also really want to thank you so much for being our guest today. Oh, you're welcome. It's my absolute pleasure. I'm very um, honoured that you asked me. You're welcome, Rosie. And I listened to your um, first episode with Mel Schilling. It was great. I think it's going to be a really great podcast. Thank you. Also, I just want to let you know about something. Mm Mm-hmm. The questions that I'm going to ask you today are to provide you with a safe space where words, perceptions, and choices are welcome. Mm-hmm. So that way you have a safe space to discuss some things about you 
you know, without fear of being judged. Okay, yeah. Cool. And who knows, it could inspire others to do the same. My first question for you is... Yeah? What is your perception on The Bachelor? (laughs) Because I wrote about it for quite a few years. Well, I mean, first of all, it really is, if you look at the results technically the most successful dating show we have in this country because a few of them have ended up married and a few of them have kids now, which I don't think we've really seen out of any other TV dating shows. I think it's a show that is, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to watch. I think the format's getting a little tired now because I've heard the ratings aren't doing very well. And I think that's because it's quite formulaic and people are used to it and they can predict what's going to happen. So I think they might look at shaking it up a little like they did this year with Brooke having the first not just Indigenous bachelorette, but also she's bisexual. So I think they're trying to change things up a bit, which is exciting. But um, what's your perception of The Bachelor? Well, I don't really have a perception because I don't watch it. But have you ever watched any of it? Nope. <laughs> so what do, having never watched it, what's your perception of it? What do you think about it? It seems like another dating show where all the guys are just hairless and chiseled. <laughs> That's true. That is true. And even when they tried to have a nerdy bachelor who was Matt Agnew, he's an um, astrophysicist, he was still very hairless and chiseled. They just put glasses on him, I think, to make him to make it seem like he was different and smart. I see. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, are you surprised to hear that some marriages, some successful marriages and children have come out of the show? Did you know that? I haven't. Mm. Quite a few of the winners are still with the person they chose and married to them. I'm astounded. Mm-hmm. My next question for you is, what was your childhood like? Um, my childhood wasn't that easy. So I've written a, a book about my childhood. My parents struggled with mental health problems and addiction problems. So my sisters and I spent a lot of time in the foster system, Um, living with people who weren't our parents. But, you know, I think it's, we always had each other. My sisters and I were a family to each other and we still are now. And I think if anything, the childhood I had just made me the person I am today. So people often say, do you wish things had been nicer for you growing up? And I say, well, maybe, but also I don't think I'd be, the writer I am today or the performer I am today. I don't think I'd have the sense of humor I had today. Like all of it shaped me into this person. So I look at it as a blessing rather than a curse. That's very brave of you to see it that way. Oh, thank you. I will say watching Love on the Spectrum, one of my favorite uh, parts of uh, watching your journey was your beautiful family your parents and your brother and your sister you are just so lucky to have them your parents are so funny thanks I love the way you and your mum kind of tease each other all the time I think you just have the most beautiful family dynamic thank you yeah but also to be honest my mother kind of reminds me of Gloria Pritchett of modern family oh yeah you reckon (laughs) why is that in some ways (laughs) <laughs> I'll explain why. Because yeah. they both have Latin genes. 
They talk very loudly. Mm-hmm. Gloria and my mother are both terrible singers. <laughs> Does your mother know you think that? Yes, I, I've told her before. <laughs> They're also very loving, supportive mothers. Yeah, that's true. The olive skin as well. Actually, your mum does look a bit like uh, Sofia Vergara. Is that her name? Who plays Gloria? Yeah. Does she? Yeah. I think she does. Your mum's very beautiful. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Well, my mother's 55, but she doesn't look like it. Yeah, no. Oh, I can't believe she's 55. Well, how old are you? 27. Oh, well, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. But yeah, I didn't think she was 55. Oh, your mum's going to love listening to this episode. (laughs) I can tell. (laughs) But the differences between her and my mother are my mother's shorter. She's older. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have an accent and she doesn't speak Spanish either. Yeah, that's true. Well, still, to be compared to Gloria Pritchard at all is a pretty big compliment, even if it's only a few things. Yeah. But then again, Modern Family is one of my favourite shows. Me too. Another bit of common ground. I love Modern Family. I was sad that it ended, but I I think it ended at a really perfect time. Yeah, I would agree so as well. Because like they say, all good things must come to an end. Also, I was also going to want to say that this might seem a little bit bit touchy, but I Mm. do have to ask you, you came out publicly as bisexual in December 2016, right? Yes. Something to show you. A little surprise, okay. I guess. This. Ah! <laughs> so you're an. So you're hold, Michael's currently holding up the rainbow flag. Yes. Would you consider yourself an ally to the queer community? Yes, I would. I actually oh, got. I good. decided to get this desk flag as proof that I support that community because. Oh, that's lovely. Well, it's because literally anybody can say that they support that community. But the question yeah. is, do you? And what, yeah. be- and what better way to prove it than by owning a rainbow flag yourself in spite of being straight? That's very true. That's very true. I think it's really important for people to be allies. And so. Exactly. I think it, it's just it helps make people uh, who are part of a, a group that hasn't had it as easy as others to feel yeah. uh, respected and comfortable and accepted. I even have a few friends that are that are part of the, that community. Mm-hmm. And so you, it's important to you to be an ally to them. Yes, definitely. Yeah. How did you feel? Were you around when they came out, or did you just know them uh, afterwards? They told me. In time, eventually. Uh, yeah. I was just a little bit surprised, but I accepted it nonetheless. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's important. That's all you need to do. But I wasn't shocked. <laughs> Why is that? Because it's nothing to be shocked about. True. That's very true. It's nothing to be shocked about. I mean, really, hopefully one day we get to the point where sitting down and saying you're attracted to someone of the same gender is is just as common as saying you're attracted to the opposite gender. Maybe, like, hopefully yeah. one day it'll just all feel the same. But just to be clear, I'm only attracted to the opposite gender. Well, there you go. I suppose we we all can't be so lucky as to be attracted to both. I feel like I've got a bigger pool to pick from. That's that's one way of putting it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Would you like to share with me about your dating life? Sure. So I have dated both men and women. I've now been with my partner, Caleb, for two years. So I'm with a man now and I have been, we're, all, we're about to hit our two-year anniversary. And yeah, he's he and I are very different people. He's a lot more old-fashioned than I am. <laughs> he's he has he's the first time that I've been with someone where I think you could describe our relationship as opposites attract for sure. So we're very different people, but I have found that he has core values and important things to me that that we do agree on. So he's very loyal, he's very loving, he's very gentle. He really has a lovely way of making me feel safe and secure, which for someone who's had a childhood like mine, it's very important to be with someone in your life who makes you feel safe and secure. He's very affectionate. I think intellectually kind of match each other, which is great. Yeah, but we are very different. So, you know, he, he collects vintage radios and he loves memorabilia from the monarchy. So we've got a lot of that around the house, which is definitely not my style, but yeah. we compromise. Nice. What about your dating life? How are you going at the moment? Uh, still no girlfriend. Still no girlfriend? Nope. But, you know, I listened to your episode with Mel Schilling and it sounded like she said something that I thought was really pertinent, which was your dating experience that you've gone through over the last few years is just helping you realize what you want out of a partner. Yeah, it is. It's like with me and Caleb for a long time, I thought because I, you know, work a lot in comedy and I work a lot in the TV industry and with performers and actors, I thought it was really important to me to date like a comedian or somebody who loves television as much as I do, or somebody in the creative industry. And Caleb isn't any of those things. And I think it took me a while to realize that those surface level things we don't have to match up on as long as we connect, you know, at the deeper level. So um, that took me a while. I mean, I'm 35 and it took me a while to figure out what I wanted. So you're only 27. You've got lots of time. Yes, I suppose that would be true. But also, I will have to to admit this. I do have pretty high standards. Yeah. So what are they? She has to be a beautiful, loving woman with a warm heart who comes from a good family. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Because if I marry into, into a family that's dysfunctional or is causing problems, they be, it becomes my problem. Mm, that's true. That can be hard. And because if I have my own place with a woman, I want things in that house to be pure. Because the, the problem is nothing is pure these days. What do you mean pure? Like you mean you want like a nice energy in a home that you have? Yes, something wholesome and peaceful. Yeah, I agree. I think that's important. If it's your home, you want that to be a safe, secure place. Yeah. And another reason why I have high standards is because old school gentlemen like myself are very scarce these days. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. When you say old school, what do you mean? Like having traditional values, old school values. Like what are those? Knowing how to treat a, wo- a woman right and behaving like a gentleman and treating a woman like, like a queen. Yes. You know, you sound a lot like Caleb. I think the two of you would get along. 
people describe him as a very old school kind of guy. Well, the world does need more men like that. I think so. And it took me a while to realise that that was the kind of man I wanted to be with. Yeah. I dated a lot of very immature guys who wore hoodies. <laughs> that is that is very unacceptable. I think so too. And I got to tell you, it took me a long time to figure that out. And I am really happy now to have found a very old school style gentleman. Yeah. Uh, a lot like yourself. So I think there's certainly the right lady out there for you. Just like you're figuring out now the kind of woman you would like to be with, there is a woman right now figuring out that you are the perfect guy for her. I don't really know if, if she is out there sometimes. I think she is. There's, there is the perfect person out there for everyone. And I even ask myself sometimes, who would even be perfect or even right for me? Well, I think being as popular as you've become and as I think so universally well-liked as you've become just from your appearance on a TV show, it proves that you are the kind of person people are really drawn to. Mm. And there's going to be someone out there who's right for you. I think the thing is I find that there is a lot of pressure put on us these days to get things done by a certain age. Yeah. Like I, I really panicked when I turned 30 that I wasn't married yet and I hadn't had kids yet and, and that I was falling behind. And, and I think all that does is kind of pressure you to settle down possibly with the wrong person because you think, Oh, I've just got to settle down with anyone. But I think, um, I think we need to let go of this concept of getting things done by a certain age. You should just wait for the right person to come along. And for me, that was, you know, in my mid thirties, which growing up, I always, if you had asked me in high school, I would have said, oh yes, I'll be married by the time I'm 25. But um, if I had married who I was with when I was 25, it would have been a disaster. I can tell. It's good to wait. It's very good, I think, to wait for the right person and not feel any pressure. Well, first off, life life isn't a race. Life is like a book. And that means going through life at your own pace. Besides, people should not even even care remotely about about what society wants. Exactly. That's true. Because sometimes society does more, does more harm than good. Yeah. How do you mean? What I mean is life is not a business. Life is, is not only about work. Mm. People only work because they have to, not because they want to. And I know yeah. that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I worked a lot of crappy jobs while I was at uni and stuff. I really know that feeling. And also... Even though we sometimes get busy, we still need to make time for our family and friends as well. Mm. Because that's what's really important. Yeah, I agree. I think that's very true. Because if you just work all the time and that's it, life does not have any true fulfillment. Mm, Yeah. Would you say that you make a lot of time for your family and friends? Yeah, I would say that. And I always make sure that I do. Yeah, I think it's important. One of the things I've learnt over the years, particularly um, dealing with my mental health, is that being around my family is something that really makes me happy. Nice. Just spending simple time, like my older sister has five kids, 
So spending time with her kids is one of the things that makes me happiest. And, you know, that's just a, it's the simplest thing. Just Mm. being around people you love can really uh, make your life feel much more fulfilling. Nice. Do you happen to have any advice for all the women out there to help them feel proud about being a woman? Oh, wow. What a good question. Yeah, I would say that the one thing you need to remember is that there's no right way to be a woman. I think society today sort of puts a lot of pressure on us through all kinds of pop culture, all kinds of media that is thrown in our direction all the time that growing up as a female really makes you feel like there's only one particular way to get it right. And so I think you just need to remember that there is no right way to be a woman. No. The only right way to live is to be yourself. And exactly. if you staying true to yourself and who you are, then you can't go wrong. Exactly. My thoughts are... Women should be happy with, with the bodies that they were blessed with. Mm-hmm. I agree. I've also said this for the first time today. A hairstyle, a face full of makeup, breasts and a backside, those things don't define a woman. They're just features of a woman's exterior. Mm-hmm. But they're just body parts. What really defines a woman is who she is and what goes on in, in her mind. If she's a very brilliant-minded woman, she's very attractive. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, I gave a talk a few years ago now where I spoke about that concept. And the one thing I said was, you know what, we're all aging. And you may spend years dieting to get the perfect body. You may get surgery. You may spend years changing your face, trying to look young. But at the end of the day... We're all going to age. We're all going to get older. We're all going to get wrinkly. And if you have based your self-esteem on how you look, you're basing your self-esteem on a house of cards. You won't stay youthful looking forever. Exactly. So I think it's really important for women in particular, because a lot of pressure is put on women to look a certain way. It's really important for them to look for other things about themselves that they value and find important. I think women should, should learn to look a certain way they want to look. Yeah. And, and also every woman is different. All women are beautiful at different angles. At their own angles. So true. Yeah, that's very true. And I don't support what society tells women. About how the pressure on them to look a certain way. Exactly. To look thin and have big boobs and, you know, put Botox and all kinds of things in their face and all the lip fillers and stuff. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on women to to do those kinds of things. You know, I think it's very refreshing and I would say supportive and to just like you're an ally to the LGBTQ community, I would say you're also an ally to the female community because it's really nice to hear men say, you know what, all women are beautiful in their uniqueness. Yeah, exactly. That's something women, I think, don't hear all the time. Well, I do have a, a very strong attraction to intelligent women. Well, there you go. I think you're going to have no problem finding one. The other thing is I'm more, I feel more comfortable around women than I do with men. Why do you think that is? I always have been ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Because women are naturally 
more kind and they're also they're raised to you know to never feel ashamed of showing their emotions or mm. or feeling emotion i just feel like that they're the most human i think yeah there's truth to that definitely and i but i do think that also it's sad i think for men that often boy, little boys and um, and men are raised to feel like it's not manly to show their emotions, which I think is just ridiculous. I think uh, while it's lovely that uh, women are raised to feel like that's okay and they're raised to think it's okay to cry and, and you feel like you've connected with women because of that, I think it um, it really sucks for men that often they are raised to think there's something wrong with them if they do show that vulnerability and emotion. That's so terrible nice, advice. It really is. It's nice to come across men like you who feel comfortable being vulnerable and showing emotions. We should be raising our boys to feel like it's okay to be in touch with their emotional side. But what expect after many years of being raised by a loving, supportive mother and a spiritual father who's full of wisdom? You know what I expect? That Michael Theo comes out at the end. An excellent yeah. man. Yes. <laughs> After many, many years of listening to your father's principles, you pick up a thing or two. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet. And I know that, that a lot of people in this world can definitely benefit from my father's wisdom, just like I did. Can you give us a kernel of that wisdom now? Sure. Treat others the way you wish to be treated. And if you give good karma, you'll receive good karma. But if you give bad karma, you'll receive bad karma. Yeah, that's wise. I like that. Yeah. And I like to um, say something to say to women. Yeah, okay, go. If a man gives you a compliment or gives you flowers or chocolates on occasion, or any kind of gift to, to show how much a man cares about you, accept it because that's proof of how much he loves and cares for you. Yeah. Okay. Because that's what I like to do to, to a woman. So when you're romantically interested in a woman, part of you, what do they call it? Your love language is gift giving. Um, I don't really know about it being gift giving, but I would do several things, you know, like opening the door for her, um, mm -hmm. pulling out a chair, paying f for food and drinks and giving her a f flower, like maybe a rose or even a corsage. So I guess kind of showing traditionally romantic gestures. Yeah. And maybe a certain gift I could possibly give a woman is maybe a tiara. Oh, because she's your queen? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, every woman deserves to be treated that way. So. Definitely. And I can tell you from experience, it's you don't come across very many men who who think that women deserve to be treated that way. So Yeah, isn't that a terrible shame? There's one very lucky lady out there who is going to end up with you, I think. But the question is, where? <laughs> well, look, like we said, you just got to be patient. You know, England, you can't England maybe. Maybe. Or Italy. Yeah, maybe. Or I mean, Spain. you just can't you can't rush it. You just got to, no. if you rush it, you'll, you'll settle for the wrong person. Yeah, that's right. For my Mr. A, Ask Mr. A Plus segment, I've asked you a lot of questions and now it's time for you to ask me a question. Any question that that's on your mind. Okay. So I thought about this. 
And I wanted to ask you if you could click your fingers and instantly download into your brain a skill, any skill that you were just instantly brilliant at, what would you want that skill to be? You mean anything at all? Anything at all. One thing that I would love to do is have the ability to transform into any animal at will. <gasps> Why would you want to be able to transform into any animal at will? Well, I have a, I have a deep love and passion for animals. Yeah. Yeah, so which, which ones? Any type of mammal, whether it be kangaroos or cats or even dogs or lions or tigers or leopards or bears. Yeah. Or even some kind of horse. Any sea animals? Maybe an elephant seal. Oh, cool. Or a whale or some kind of fish. Yeah. Maybe a puffin or penguin. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Also other kind of birds like macaws or eagles or cockatoos. It'd be cool to fly. Yep, definitely. I reckon I'd pick a sloth because they seem to have a pretty chill lifestyle that it'd be nice to be in for a few days. They certainly do. <laughs> Except insects and spiders. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why not insects and spiders? Because I can't stand them. Too many eyes and legs, especially spiders. Yeah. No, I'm the same. I'm terrified of spiders. So am I, especially the large hairy ones. Ugh, yeah, yuck. I feel like I can ha feel them crawling on me now, just thinking about them. Sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> oh, I've got another question. What? What was it like meeting Ellen? It was... Quite an honour, actually. I was actually quite surprised to learn that she wanted to interview me. Mm, I wasn't. But at some point in the past, I did have a gut feeling that something would happen with Ellen. Yeah, that you would one day be on her show. Or... Yeah, but a lot of people have told me that it's a big deal. But the thing is, I've just been struggling to, to see why it's a big deal. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? Maybe it's because I'm too grounded to, you know, get overly proud of myself for it. Mm, right. So you feel like maybe if you get a, too, a bit too excited about it, it's uh, you're not. You're trying to stay humble about it. Yeah, because if I feel overly proud about it, I just start talking about it constantly, and then people will get sick of it, and then <laughs> it will lead to being, you know, egotistical. Well, look, I think as long as you're not walking up to people saying, hi, I'm Michael, I was on Ellen. As long as you just don't open conversation with it, I'm sure it's fine. I would never do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you would. Was it scary, though? I mean, I guess it was different because you had to do it over Zoom. So Well, I was kind of excited and kind of nervous, too. She was definitely a really great person to talk to. Yeah. Well, it was a good interview. It's, it is something to Thanks. be proud of. Yeah, it, it is. But it's not something I would go on and on about. Sure. Proud of, but humble about. Yeah. Which I think is your style. One thing I, I would go on about all day is animals and also Thomas. Thomas the Tank Engine? Yes. I've seen the entire series. I've been watching it since I was three. Really? Yep. That's cool. 
I still, from when I was little, I collect Polly Pockets, which was a toy that was out when I was a kid. Yeah. I collect Polly Pockets now. So that's something, that's a little something I've kept from my childhood. Interesting. Mm. Nice. Also, to finish off, do you have anything interesting you're working on that my audience should get excited for? Yes. So I have recently um, sold, gotten funding, I'm not sure how you describe it, for I'm writing and starring in a TV show um, that is going to be on Stan. And we are headed into uh, the writer's room in a couple of weeks and we're going to start writing the first episodes and hopefully we'll be filming next year. Ah. So that's something I'm very, very excited about. Is there a title? There is, but I don't think I'm allowed to say it yet. (laughs) That's fair enough. That's fair enough. There is. But, yeah, it's very, very very exciting because – You know, I'm like you, I've wanted to work and act in television is what I've, you know, wanted to do my whole life. Um, And so uh, it's, you know, a bit of a dream come true for me to be doing that. So that'll probably be on TV, well, on Stan around the end of 2022. Ah, interesting. So that's what I'm most excited about that's coming up for me. Well done. Hey, maybe we can audition you and give you a bit of a role on the show. What do you reckon? <laughs> Sounds like an idea. Yeah. Hey, you got to audition though. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Course. If if you're best for the role, it's it's yours. Sure. I guess I could give it my best shot. Yeah, of course. Also, where can people follow you on social media? So I'm on Instagram at Rosie Waterland. I'm on Twitter at Rosie Waterland. Also Facebook at Rosie Waterland, <laughs> just all the regular places. I, I'm i not on TikTok because I think I'm too old. I don't understand it. It's too many flashing lights for me on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, you can find me in all those places. Nice. Well, Rosie, it was an absolute pleasure having you as our guest on the podcast today. Thank you very much for your time. Oh my gosh, the pleasure was all mine. I've had such a lovely chat. I'm glad you did. I assume that you really enjoyed this, huh? I really did. I had such a lovely chat. I'm, I'm really glad we did this. Thank you so much for having me on. And I can't wait to listen to what I am sure will be a lot more amazing interviews from you. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, Michael. It was my privilege. And thank you for your time. And I wish you the best of luck in life. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. So I can't stress enough the importance of having a very supportive partner when you don't have the greatest parents. Well, I certainly would like to give my congratulations to Caleb. Oh, I'll tell him that. Nice. And that I salute him. Oh, thank you. I will tell him that. He's a really good guy. I feel very lucky. Yep. You certainly struck gold, I'll tell you that. Because like I said, gentlemen and kind people are scarce these days. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's just nice to be with a guy who wears, you know, a jacket and a tie every day and not hoodies and skinny jeans. Indeed. (laughs) But also, jeans and hoodies, that's... That's a very undignified look. You know that? 
Did you know that is the exact word he uses? He doesn't even own a T-shirt. And I said to you, why don't you wear T-shirts? And he said, because it's undignified. T-shirts are for boys. <laughs> oh, I can't. You two would get along so well. <laughs> You're very similar. Thanks. <laughs> At least he's another man with, with his head screwed on, right? <laughs> 